Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello! Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's Food for Thought. This is the podcast that's on a mission and it's going to equip you with all of the evidence-based advice that you need to live and breathe a healthy lifestyle. I'm Rhiannon Lambert, registered nutritionist, Sunday Times best-selling author of The Science of Nutrition. Please go check out my new book. I think it will help a lot of people out there. And founder of Retrition, London's leading private nutrition clinic. Now, in each of the 12 episodes, I'll be joined by guests, all of whom are experts in their field, which is wonderful. So together, we can all learn fact from fiction and empower the healthiest and happiest versions of ourselves with trusted experts advice. The foods that we eat shape our thoughts, actions, emotions and behaviour. This is something that I speak about often and even unknowingly we use food to soothe our moods and clear our heads and there's still such a prevalence placed on the way that we look rather than you know how we feel. So let's continue to keep shifting the importance to how we're thinking, how we feel every day. So this week's Food for Thought sees research fellow and dietitian Dr. Wolfgang Marx and I discuss how much of an impact our diet and lifestyle can have on our brain and what we can do to boost our brain power. Hello, Wolf. Howdy. Hi, thank you so much. All the way from Australia coming on the podcast today. Um, this is definitely your area. And I know when we met, um, we're working on another project aside aside from obviously the podcast, I thought, oh, I have to get him on. Have to get him <laughs> on this pod. <laughs> no, it's, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. Oh, well, thank you. Let's start by saying, you know, I think a lot of people know of the term antioxidants, of course. I think they're used um, probably out of context, actually, a lot nowadays in <laughs> yes. the media. But what foods would you say are the best sources of these and how does it impact our brain health? Yeah, look, that's a great question and you're so right. It, it is kind of um, a term that's uh, become sort of co-opted. It's, it's a little bit of a, a buzzword now and I think it's something that is in our sort of collective uh, vocabulary but we may not be totally familiar with what it actually means. So I suppose if we sort of 
take a step back, I think it's the best place to start is um, this term free radicals, which you might also be uh, familiar with. And I guess in a nutshell, what free radicals are, are these unstable compounds that uh, can potentially cause damage to the cells that surround it. That's that's very much in a, in a nutshell definition. But essentially, these free radicals they're produced all the time as part of you know healthy metabolism, um, and our body has these inbuilt antioxidant defense systems, which essentially regulate uh, these free radicals to ensure that they don't cause harm. Because what other people, the other sort of point that I think is is um, not recognized is that we actually need some of these free radicals. They're actually really important for you know, various sign- signaling processes. But the problem is, is that when we are exposed to long-term exposure to, I guess, various factors, things like pollution, cigarette smoke, um, our genetics can play a role, um, chronic diseases, uh, this balance essentially gets out of whack, you know, this balance between free radicals and and our antioxidant system. And so um, this high this imbalance is essentially um, what we call oxidative stress. Mm. Um, And the issue with uh, oxidative stress and this kind of imbalance is that uh, we believe that the brain is particularly susceptible to um, oxidative stress. And that's in part because the brain is um, really metabolically active. And so it generates a lot of free radicals just through normal metabolism. And it's also really high in lipids, which are particularly susceptible to free radical damage. Um, and so what we've found is that there's a, a series of interesting studies that have found that people with depression, as well as um, other mental illnesses, things like schizophrenia in, in particular, um, they have higher levels of this oxidative stress compared to healthy controls. And some studies even found that when people with depression are given antidepressant therapy, these levels of oxidative stress markers are actually reduced, which I think mm-hmm. um, you know, really provides that sort of further evidence that you know, oxidative stress might be linked to our mental health. So that's kind of like the, the, the introduction to what <laughs> antioxidants and oxidative stress and how that relates to our brain health uh, is. But I think the really interesting bit is that our diet is this key source of these antioxidant compounds that yeah. can help bolster our antioxidant defense systems. Um, and what's interesting is that they come in all shapes and sizes. So there's vitamins like vitamin C, vitamin E, uh, minerals such as selenium, um, Protein-rich foods um, provide cysteine, which is kind of like one of the building blocks to antioxidants. Mm. Um, and so it's it's difficult to narrow it down to any particular food or food group, but essentially a, a, a whole food diet is, is something that um, contains a whole host of, of different compounds. And so by whole foods, I mean things like whole grains, your yeah. fruits, your vegetables, seeds, nuts, um, extra virgin olive oil and and the rest of it yeah you've explained that beautifully i think it's given such a good introduction to this episode because like you said they come in different shapes and forms and i think a lot of people will hear you know words like flavonoids mentioned or let's Mm -hmm. start with polyphenols for instance you know is if you could explain again to our listeners the difference or the role that polyphenols take, you know, on cognition or fatigue. I know you've just given a good overview of oxidative stress and antioxidants, but I think these yeah. words used interchangeably can really confuse people. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think um, just sort of touching on 
um, the antioxidant, uh, I guess the sort of misunderstandings around antioxidants. I think the other sort of key one that I see pop up is that uh, we think, oh, well, antioxidants, they must be good. So a whole lot of antioxidants must be even better. Um, and I think what we've found from a lot of the antioxidant supplement trials is that the evidence really isn't very supportive that, you know, those mega doses of these um, antioxidant vitamins and stuff is is, is uh, very well, it will be beneficial for you. And instead, I think it's really about relying on um, getting those antioxidants from our diet. Um, but the the polyphenols, I, I'm glad you you mentioned this because this <laughs> this is a, a particular passion area of mine. Yes. I think this is this is a particularly fascinating area. Um, so essentially, polyphenols are a group of bioactive compounds that are found in, uh, I guess, varying concentrations in really almost all foods. So um, before we even touch on you know their bioactive properties in terms of you know, our mental health and our brain health. Um, polyphenols are also responsible for things like the color of the of the food. So the reason why blueberries are blue are uh, in part because of the pigment that certain polyphenols in blueberries, uh, you know, that they have this, this deep uh, blue-purple color. Mm. Um, they also... Uh, um, responsible for flavor. So I don't know if you've ever um, tried like a, a very uh, fresh or um, a, a very sort of uh, high quality extra virgin olive oil, but, you know, when you have that in your mouth, you have that sort of um, burn at the back of your throat, that uh, that sort of burn, that astringency is actually due to some of the, the polyphenols that are um, in, in, that, in that olive oil. So they're um, responsible for for all sorts of things that um, give you know the characteristics of food. But what's interesting is that they uh, also have all sorts of bioactive properties that we think are related to our, our mental health. So they have anti-inflammatory properties that um, mm. is an area of of quite um, large research. But what's um, now developing is that it has this really strong connection to our gut microbiome and it's kind of this uh interesting bi-directional process where the uh the i guess the comp the composition of your gut microbiome actually influences how polyphenols behave in your body so uh, essentially the way that polyphenols act in in your body might actually be different uh to the way they act in my body yeah. simply because of the composition of our gut microbiome um and this kind of goes the other way as well where polyphenols act, can actually act as prebiotics and essentially increase the levels of specific bacteria within our guts so they have this really interesting dynamic that's only just now being sort of understood and fleshed out um but essentially, because of all these really interesting properties, uh, they're now being explored for, um, well, I guess all sorts of chronic diseases, but that in, in particular, uh, cognition and depression. So much of the research has focused on the role of, I guess, specific subclasses of polyphenols. And that's where the term flavonoids comes in. So mm. if you think of polyphenols as kind of this umbrella term, underneath uh, polyphenols, we have all sorts of subclasses. And one of the, the major classes is, is, is flavonoids. And these are um, a, a type of polyphenols that are found in things like spices, fruits like pomegranate, and berries, particularly uh, blueberries. Mm. Um, and uh, I guess on the depression side of things, 
this has not been as well uh, researched, but it's something that's only in the last sort of five years that we're seeing more and more studies come out. And there's certainly a number of uh, really interesting observational studies where they've looked at really large cohorts of people and looked at the differing rates of polyphenol consumption. And they see that uh, for people that eat a high level of particular subclasses of polyphenols, that uh, results or is associated with a roughly 40% reduced risk of depression. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, there's there's a whole host of, of developing studies, and I think it's a really interesting area that we're only just sort of teasing apart. I mean, I'm... Um I'm hooked already. I, I think um, <laughs> so. <am> I. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've always been a fan of of. I know blueberries are your key kind of research. Um, That's right. Food food item, of course, but you know all dark berries in general. You know we get a lot of blackberries in the UK um, that you can pick from your garden. You know I'm mm-hmm. trying to encourage people to really get what they can, and these are also really beneficial, aren't they? These you mentioned pomegranates and things. Um, it's just so important that we emphasize the fact we're unique. I love the part where you mentioned, you know, these polyphenols have a unique effect on everybody because we know our gut microbiome is different. Mm-hmm. You know, we're all completely different in terms of how we'll respond, which is what makes nutritional science completely um fascinating but in its infancy, I guess, because it's so That's hard right. to measure, isn't it, to, to yeah, get anything it, it, from it. Absolutely. It's kind of, um, you think you understand the relationship between (laughs) nutrition and something, and then you Mm. dig a little deeper and it gets more complex and you think, all right, now I think I figured it out and dig a little bit deeper and then it gets more complex. And yeah, yeah, it's, it's endlessly interesting, but yeah, it gets more confusing (laughs) the more you look at it. (laughs) I mean, this is just it. I can imagine being in your shoes. It just must be absolutely mind boggling, but for all of our listeners, just try and get these dark berries in and and different color vegetables and fruits. And, you know, it doesn't have to be expensive for us. You know, we import a lot in the UK, particularly things like pomegranates and blueberries. So what you can do is buy frozen berries, which are just as beneficial, everyone listening, you know, that the nutrition is kept when it's frozen and it will be released, you know, when you defrost it Mm -hmm. again for you to consume. But are there any other items of foods? What about um, things like, I guess, oily fish? We haven't really discussed omega-3s yet. We should definitely um, touch on Touch Gotta on that, talk about we? Omega-3s. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 absolutely. I, I think that's the other, um, uh, I guess, major bioactive compound that uh, has received a lot of, of research in terms of mental health and cognition. Um, uh, I guess to, to begin, I, I suppose, if, for listeners that may not be familiar, uh, omega-3 fatty acids, when we talk about this, uh, we're talking about these types of fatty acids um, predominantly, like if you walk into your, your chemist or your pharmacy, oftentimes when you look at the omega-3 fatty acid um, capsules, usually two words come up. It's EPA and DHA or acosapentaenoic acid and docosahexaenoic acid. These are these two primary um, omega-3 fatty acids that have been researched and seem to be um, primarily responsible for its effect on not just mental health and, and cognition, but also for heart health and and all the rest of it. Um, and so omega-3 fatty acids, uh, they have several you know, different beneficial mechanisms that we think are related to our brain health. But I think probably the most well-studied and most well-understood is the role of omega-3 fatty acids in modulating inflammation. 
Um, oftentimes when we think about inflammation, we sort of think about, you know, joint pain or, um, you know, arthritis and these sorts of things, but actually inflammation is a, a really important, uh, driver of our mental health. Um, you know, people with depression have high levels of inflammatory markers compared to healthy controls, um, and these sorts of things. Um, and so because of these, um, uh, interesting mechanisms that we now understand, as well as you know, large studies um, of obs uh, observational studies where we know that uh, populations that consume the highest amount of fish uh, also uh, have the lowest rates of depression or lower rates of depression. Um, there's now been countless randomized controlled trials, which you know we consider as our sort of highest level of um, of evidence on the sort of evidence hierarchy um, that have overall shown that uh, supplementation with omega-3 fatty acids um, seems to be an uh, important uh, intervention mm. for managing depression. Yeah, this is one of the areas I remember in my first, um, God, it was so long ago now, well, it was so long ago, but at university, <laughs> it was just, I remember going home from the first lecture I had, quite naively, but saying to all of my family, you're not eating enough fully fish. You don't get your omega threes. You right. have to supplement. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I just told all That's of my right. family. I got them all on the supplements. Um, <laughs> but no, obviously, as time has progressed, we've got more and more research in this area, and it's it's so important. And I think a lot of people are. I mean, you can let, let's just discuss the, the plant based option, of course. So people that don't consume yes. omega three in their diets, the um, it's the algae, isn't it, that the fish consume in the first place? So those supplements, has there been research on the algae DHA supplements? There hasn't been there hasn't been as much uh, research on the algae derived uh, sort of EPA and DHA, but I really I wouldn't see that as as a as a hindrance to. Uh, selecting those. I think uh, chemically the DHA, whether it's from fish or whether it's from algae is, is as far as I'm aware, uh, identical. So I don't see why, you know, one would yeah. be um, as effective as the other. There you go, everyone. There are options for absolutely everybody to get your omega-3 <laughs> fatty acids into your diet. Now, food and mood is an area, Wolf, that is very topical, I think, especially for us in the UK at the moment, because, I mean, it's very dark and it's it's winter here. I know that you're currently going through a heat wave in Australia. But, That's um, right. <laughs> <laughs> the opposite got, problem, yes. <laughs> yeah, we've got the opposite problem of minus temperatures in the evening. So... I think everybody's always fascinated with what can I do to improve my mood? Do you have a, a few dietary tips for people here or areas you can discuss? Yeah, absolutely. So I think one of the um, uh, key points uh, that's really being um, shown in, in, in the, the research that both we do and, and you know, the literature in general is that um, there's this move away from uh, this particular food or this particular food group or even this particular compound is what's responsible for um, a diet being healthy or, or, you know, this is what we need. This, this, we, we, all we need to do is drink, you know, three tablespoons of olive oil and we'll, you know, improve our mood sort of thing. It's mm. instead what we're seeing is that it's more about the diet as a whole. These, um, so it's a move towards dietary patterns. So it's not necessarily, oh, I, you know, uh, you know, had had some cake 
and that's going to ruin my sort of mental health. It's, it's really about what are you eating over the long term, over the week, over the months, these sorts of things. And so um, what we are really looking at is the role of um, uh, the Mediterranean diet style of eating pattern and how that can improve our, our mental health. And indeed, we can see that there are uh, really dozens of observational studies which have shown in various populations in various um, countries, uh, age groups um, from various different labs that have found the same results, which is that a higher adherence to a Mediterranean style diet uh, results uh, oh, is sorry is associated. Don't want to <laughs> get any yeah. uh, researchers <laughs> offside. That is associated with a reduced risk of of depressive symptoms. And yeah. I think before I sort of proceed, I'll just sort of explain uh, what we mean by a Mediterranean style diet. Yeah, uh, and that's uh, essentially um, a minimally processed. Um, whole foods diet, which has a focus on, I guess, plant-based foods. So it's not entirely vegetarian or, or vegan. It, there is, um, uh, you know, some level of meat within the diet, but it's largely focused on those whole food, those whole, uh, so things like f fruits, vegetables, but also beans, spices, um, and extra virgin olive oil. Um, and so while we um, have looked at the Mediterranean diet uh, exclusively, and I can talk about some of the randomized controlled trials that we have uh, conducted. Um, I, I do want to just flag that, um, you know, other dietary styles, so things like the, you know, Okinawan diet or yeah. Nordic diet yeah. or, you know, all these sorts of things. I, I think it's, it's, again, it's not, oh, you have to eat this exact dietary style. When you look at a Mediterranean diet or a Nordic diet or, or what have you, the underlying uh, features of all those diets are the same, right? They're, they're all mm. minimally processed. They're all uh, high in plant foods. They're all low in, um, you know, your, your ultra processed foods and such. Yeah, absolutely. And um, absolutely. As you said, I think the Mediterranean diet's got, it's just got all the research surrounding it now. And it is, it's meant to be used mm. as a rough guide. Yeah, it's yes. it's not nothing in life dietary wise should be rigid and to the book. You know, we've got to have flexibility as human beings to fit into our our everyday life. But the principles, they are wonderful, and I write about those in my new book. And I know for everybody listening, we discuss the Mediterranean diet, the Smiles trials, lots of things, a lot on this oh, podcast. Yeah, we're we're big fans over here. Um, oh, we'll... good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad to hear it. Yeah, all the make you make you very proud. We're trying to get everybody. <laughs> on board with they're using their olive oil and getting their you know lots of fiber and things into their diet but are there any specific vitamins and minerals because this is the question that you know whenever a journalist approaches you know you want that yes. headline and they're like what specific vitamin or mineral will boost our mood what would you answer to that type of question ryan reynolds here from Mint mobile with the price of just about everything going up during inflation we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how get 30, how get 20, 20, 20, get 20, 20, get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, 
HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Yeah, so this this is uh, this is it's a, it's a good time uh, to to ask this question because we've uh, recently just finished um, it was probably a two year project where we've developed a set of um, international guidelines for the use of uh, various dietary supplements uh, for our mental health. So this is essentially a resource for clinicians to look to, to see, well, what is the evidence behind all these specific vitamins and minerals that we see, uh, in the media and, and, and uh, you know, that our patients are coming in and, and interested in. So this is, yeah, good timing. So I guess mm. we can say that, um, in terms of vitamins and minerals, um, I think zinc is is one that has um, you know a number of of small uh, randomized controlled trials, but there's there's still some clinical evidence to show that uh, zinc um, supplementation um, uh, can be a, an intervention to reduce clinical depression. Um, you know, zinc is you know the highest. Um, concentration of zinc in the body is actually in our brains mm. um, and particularly in a part of our brain called the hippocampus, uh, which is a really important part of our brain for learning, memory, mood mm. control, uh, these sorts of things. It can also influence um, various uh, signaling things like uh, BDNF, which can, uh, well, I guess it's related to neurogenesis and the growth of our brain cells. Yeah. Um, you know, it's uh, all these sorts of things. Folate. Um, is another vitamin that seems to be um, associated with our mood. So folate is involved um, in this pathway called the one carbon cycle, which um, is involved in a whole host of things, but essentially it's also involved in the production of dopamine, uh, serotonin, you know, all these neurotransmitters that are related to our, our mental health. Um, the randomized controlled trials are also uh, over overall supportive um what's interesting is that it seems to be kind of form specific so if there's folic acid um the uh, so if, if folate is provided as folic acid as, as a dietary supplement it seems to be not uh so effective but when it's delivered as um this uh form of folate called methylfolate which is this more bioactive form of folate um, it seems to be quite um, effective in, in certain populations. So we have, yeah. just um, on that note, sorry to interject, on the yeah, folate no, um, thing, obviously a lot of people, maybe it's just because I'm pregnant at the moment myself, but are thinking, oh, you know, folic acid, um, most people hear of folic acid just to do with pregnancy. I don't think they realise there's a link, you know, like you've just mentioned here, to other areas of yeah. our health. And what's... Um, 
you know, obviously pregnant women should be taking, you know, folic acid because that's where we've got the the randomized mm-hmm. control trials. It reduces the risk of neural tube defects. But it's so interesting to hear you say that there are other areas that are just not spoken about enough. What, why Why do you think this hasn't been raised to public health level? Is it because of the data just emerging? Yeah, I think it's I think it's a combination of things. So, you know, folic acid for neurotube neural tube defects we have this very strong high level mm. of evidence to support it um and it's something that uh is applicable uh at a, at a population level um whereas i guess for f- uh, folic acid um in terms of uh its, it's effect on, on our mental health uh the evidence is very preliminary uh, we don't have those really really high large um randomized controls randomized controlled trials just yet. Um, And I think what's important to keep in mind with um, uh, the, uh, I guess, our discussion around the use of various uh, vitamins, minerals um, with mental health is that uh, we're often talking about um, its effectiveness in people with clinical depression. So it's not yeah. necessarily something that the general public should take to prevent mm-hmm. depression. Um, we're really talking about people that are, are clinically diagnosed at the moment. Yeah, don't go out, everybody, and just buy a load of um, zinc or folate, please, just because of what we're saying. Which <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's that's the worrying aspect, and that that's the problem with the media. I'm so sorry I interrupted you there as well. So you were le- you were leading on from folate no, and no. its impact. No. I'll, the I'll, I'll, I'll say it's it's probably best to, to cut me off you know <laughs> you, have, you have a researcher talking about the 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 topic of interest you can probably talk <laughs> until the cows come home so please <laughs> no, no but it's absolutely brilliant and I, we all want to learn we we really do and it's just so important that we bring bring back the fact that this is research at the moment and yeah like wolf and i are not suggesting anybody go out and suddenly make these huge changes what you can do though is get more of it in your diet as well i mean we do know the absorption rate is a bit more tricky for things like folate in the diet but um wolf this is mediterranean diet again isn't it pretty much that's right that's that's exactly it Uh, i think um you know we we learn more about the various compounds but uh, for the general population, it really just comes back to the basics of eating those nutrient-dense foods and, you know, you're sort of covering your bases without even sort of really thinking about it. Yeah, exactly, 100%. Now, obviously, clinical uh, and diagnosed depression, and, but what about things, because I remember in my lectures in the early days discussing, you know, neurodegenerative diseases, um, things like Alzheimer's, um, you know, the branches of uh, d- dementia, cognitive impairments, mm-hmm. uh, strokes can impact the brain. The research there does seem to be limited, doesn't it? But do you do you feel there's any further developments with nutrition? Yeah, so I, I think um, with neurodegenerative disorders in particular, I see this real... Um, I guess, evidence gap or I guess what you might call like an an effectiveness gap where Mm. uh, if we're talking about uh, nutrition to prevent uh, these these neurodegenerative disorders, Mm -hmm. uh, I think the evidence is is a lot higher. I think we know a lot more about what we can do to reduce our risk of these. But for people that already have, you know, say Alzheimer's disease and the the like, 
the nutrition interventions um, last time I've you know had, had a look at the the evidence hasn't been overwhel- overwhelmingly um, supportive, and I, I think um, you know it, it hasn't been uh, really an, an area of effect. But in terms of prevention, uh, we know that um, you know it's it's always the same sort of culprits. You know, long chain omega three fatty acids, yeah. um, B vitamins, particularly folate, vitamin D, flavonoids. Um, as well as food groups such as seafood, fruits, vegetables. Um, what's interesting is, I guess, caffeine consumption seems to be um, associated with reduced risk of, of some of these um, mm. neurodegenerative disorders. But, um, yeah, I think that the evidence is a lot stronger for the preventative measures. Yeah, no, 100%. And, you know, this is a balanced plate, everybody. So this is carbohydrates, bit of protein on your plate, um, vegetables, a bit of healthy fat, you know, how to build that plate. And that's going to make sure you get those key areas of nutrition into your diet. Um, I would caveat the caffeine, obviously, with how much you have will have a huge impact here. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I, I totally agree. And, and, and you know, it's it's that uh, that balance between, I guess, the acute effects of caffeine and yeah. uh, consumption versus overconsumption mm. um, and all these sorts of things. So, yeah, it's, it's not a, a prescription to just, you know, <laughs> drink a whole bunch of Red Bull throughout the day. Wow. Well, do you uh, know, in our yeah. <laughs> clinic, we get clients that could easily have eight to ten cups of caffeine a day at work. Oh, so, absolutely. Yeah. Cutting, I, cutting I, that is tough. <laughs> I absolutely believe it. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. <laughs> it's a great stimulant for some, but yes. Anyway, in terms of these conditions, do you see a future wolf where we can perhaps in your area of research, get a, get to a point where we're able to reverse? And I know you said it's more preventative, but do you feel that the future is positive here in terms of the research you're conducting? Um, I guess, uh, I guess it depends on on the the condition. I, I think, um, as as I mentioned, I think for the more um, neurodegenerative disorders, I, I think it it's our best bet is for prevention rather than reversal. In, in terms of nutrition as intervention, I, I think you know there's other quite amazing um, therapies that are coming out for treating it. But I think um, the role of nutrition, I think, is probably more in the prevention. Uh, but for mental health. Um, so uh, particularly your common mental disorders as the term, so um, depression and, and anxiety, I think that um, nutrition interventions can play a uh, quite, quite an effective role in the management and reduction of symptoms. Yeah, exactly. Well put, I think. Very, very well put there. Um, and let's just touch before I move on to other questions here about inflammation a little bit, because I think it's another area you've touched on um, earlier, polyphenols perhaps having anti-inflammatory benefits mm-hmm. as well, responses in the gut. But inflammation to people can sound really scary. Um and of course, we don't want to say you ever want to boost your immune system, but perhaps yes. you could explain the concept of inflammation and what we can do to avoid it, really. Yeah, sure. So um, I guess the tale of inflammation is, is very similar to the, the tale of, of antioxidants in, in that, mm. uh, you know, inflammation is is a, a crucial part of our, our body's, you know, uh, system. So we, we need that inflammatory response um, when um, it, I, I guess what inflammation is, is is our natural response to protect 
itself. So, you know, if you cut your finger, you need your inf inflammatory responses to, um, you know, send those uh, immune um, system um, cells down to the, the, the site to uh, protect it from infection and, and, and all these sorts of things. And so that's, that's all good. Uh, the the issue is um, where we have that chronic inflammation. So where that um, and, and this is this is caused by things like um, again cigarette smoke or potentially mm. your uh, your diet um, can increase that level of inflammation, and that's what we call chronic inflammation. So it's not just that sort of acute response; it's something that's happening over long periods of time. So you know potentially years. Um, and so this chronic inflammation uh, is now understood to be linked to all sorts of chronic diseases, you know, uh, cancer, heart disease, uh, neurodegenerative disorders, as we've been talking about, um, but also uh, our mental health. So um, I think I mentioned earlier, but we know that uh, people with depression, as well as people with, uh, you know, bipolar disorder, um, schizophrenia, they have higher levels of these inflammatory markers compared to healthy controls. Um, when symptoms um, are resolved, so you know, if if um, people have, um, you know, an, an acute bout of inf uh, of depression, they might have high levels of inflammation. But when they, you know, go on um, antidepressant therapy their levels of inflammatory markers actually lower. Um, and what I think is really interesting is this connection between uh, the diet that we consume and um, our, our inflammation and how that might be a potential pathway to um, influence our mental health. So we recently conducted what's called a meta review, which is just this really large uh, review that included over 4 million participants. And we found this association between a pro-inflammatory diet. And by that, I mean a diet that is high in you know, ultra processed foods, yeah. um, uh, refined carbohydrates, saturated fatty acids, and these sorts of things. And this was associated with a whole range of, of chronic diseases um, and uh, that included depression. Um, and so, again, I think it's this really interesting thing where we usually think about inflammation in terms of our, I guess, sort of physical uh, chronic diseases, but it's also linked to our, our mental health. Yeah, absolutely. Well explained. And this is the thing. We, we have a lot of power to influence our health um from what we do ev every single day um but not nothing of course is a panacea for everything you know just That's because right. yeah just because you have a you know a burger and chips one night doesn't mean you're going to suddenly have a load of inflammation but um Correct. it's the you know the chronic or the ongoing um diet like this it's about getting your balance right i think in life and making overall lifestyle choices because wolf you talk a lot as well about healthy brain function and you know we haven't even mentioned exercise here because that that also yes. has an impact doesn't it <laughs> ah absolutely i mean while you know exercise isn't necessarily my uh, specialty um i can you know safely say that you know exercise uh you know 
is is associated with uh, improvements in inflammation. Um, it has uh, improvements in our, our um, I guess, our neurogenesis, so um, growth of, of new brain cells. It can influence our microbiome. Um, you know, we also have that re release of endorphins. Um, I think just sort of psychosocially, it's also um, you know, with your your outside, you're receiving that sunshine. You're you know working out with friends. You know, there's there's all mm. sorts of benefits to exercise, um, and I think um, I think this is really a great question because I think it really points to the fact that you know we've talked a lot about diet, and as researchers, we like to zoom in on you know this one little factor, but it's really about um, a healthy lifestyle. It's not just about healthy diet. It's making sure that we have you know, uh, our sleep in check, we're, we're exercising, um, we're co social connections, stress management, um, you know, environmental factors like, you know, going outside, engaging with nature, all these sorts of things are what really, um, you know, influences our mental health. It's, yeah. it's not just one thing. No, absolutely. Now, we have lots of questions from our listeners for you, Wolf. And the first one um, so there's no surprise really uh, with the marketplace for supplements as we know there are supplements for all sorts of ludicrous things but yep. um, Maria has said are there any brain power supplements or specific things I can take to help my anxiety and my mood yeah sure so uh, I think um, where, where, where to begin um, <laughs> I think with anxiety, it's it's a, a bit of a shame because we have a, a lot of research that has looked at um, the effect of various supplements for uh, depression um, and some for um, you know, our, our severe mental illness, things like schizophrenia. But anxiety has been relatively neglected, and I, I'm not exactly sure why that is, but um, in terms of our, our dietary supplements and, and our, our you know high levels of, of uh, clinical evidence you know from randomized controlled trials there isn't so much in the way that um, ha have been shown to be effective or have been investigated um, but from what we do know there are uh, things like um, lavender um, that is one um, so lavender oil um, as, as, a, as a dietary supplement not just the aroma but also the the dietary supplement that is, has been one um, area where there's been a number of small uh, randomized controlled trials I love uh, lavender to... it's great <laughs> yeah <laughs> me too <laughs> uh, and so that's that's been one that's been shown to reduce um, uh, anxiety symptoms uh, the other one that I'll also mention is this compound within green tea. So it's L-theanine. So that's one mm -hmm. where, um, it seems to influence, uh, I guess, various brain functions that are related to stress signaling and anxiety. Um, the clinical evidence, like I said, is, is not uh, so well developed, but I think it's an area where there's a number of, uh, uh, I know of a number of colleagues that are investigating that at the moment, but mm. unfortunately um, there isn't like, I, I guess if we talk about depression, I think omega-3 fatty acids is, is one that's been very well researched and has, you know, a number of different studies to support it. But I think with anxiety, we just don't really have that sort of understanding just yet. 
Yeah, no, 100%, but brilliant. It's got lots of things for you to try there as well that aren't necessarily, you know, like the lavender and things, meaning you have to go and buy a lot of pills, which I think is really reassuring there as well. Uh, Absolutely. A good question. I'm just trying to think of something we haven't already covered from Eliza. Eliza, this is interesting. I'm interested here, Wolf. I have no idea. Uh, she said, <laughs> I'm going through the menopause. Will this affect my brain function? Um, to be honest, I, this isn't really necessarily mm. my area of, of no. expertise. So I, I couldn't actually really tell you. I mean, I know there's all sorts of hormonal changes that um, occur and whether that uh, yeah influences um, cognition or mental health. I, I'm, I'm sorry, I, I couldn't really tell you. No, it's, you know, it's a very good question, Eliza. I think I'm going to have to make a note of that and we're going to have to do another episode, I think, on menopause and get someone on to to have a chat because there must be gender differences as well i, I guess with the brain throughout yeah. the years um well i i think um you know one thing that we learn with nutrition is um it's, it's all connected right so mm. what's what's good for the brain is what's good for the heart and what's good for the heart is what's good for you know our pancreas and, and all the rest of it and so I, I think you know none of these systems work in isolation so i, I wouldn't be surprised if it, it influences something for sure Absolutely. I love, you know, this is something I'm trying to explain all the time is that we are, it's all connected. <laughs> it's a big wheel. It's a cog. It's not just one item. It's the impact and knock on effect. It's, it's a big, um, it's the bigger picture, essentially. Uh, oh, absolutely. One last... I, oh, sorry, you go ahead. No, no, no. You, you go ahead there before I do another question. Oh, I, I guess I, I, just to add to that, I think it's something that we come across, um, quite often in terms of mental health research where I think uh, traditionally the the sort of prevailing theory was that, you know, our, our body and mind are these two separate entities. And, you know, as we learn more and more about the role of, you know, the gut microbiome, inflammation, all that sort of stuff, we know that actually that's not the case at all. What influences our physical health influences our mental health. And that's the same for everything else. Absolutely. That kind of answers Sam's question, which was, you know, is it is it all just in my genes or can I, you know, have an impact in, in what I do? But I think we'll finish on this question from um, Daria. Daria has said, well, how many berries and how, you know, how much fruit should I be eating every day to have a difference? I think she means, you know, of your research on blueberries and things. Yeah, sure. So I guess there's, there's a, a, a few things to say. So in terms of the research that has looked at, um, I, I guess we'll, we'll start with berries. Um, the research that's looked at um, berries, they've used roughly about a cup of berries per day for the interventions. Um, so that's where we've seen you know, m most of the, the um, improvement in, in our, our brain health or our, our, our cognitive function. But I think it's... Um, I think we also have to keep in mind, um, I guess, the the individual circumstance as well. So, you know, if, if, if you don't like to eat a cup of berries or you're just, you know, sick of eating blueberries yeah. day in, day out, <laughs> then that's that's obviously not the, the key. You know, maybe it's, it's um, you know, a different type of fruit or... Um, you know, maybe it's 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 you know half a cup with your yogurt or something like that. So I think it's it that's what the evidence uh, is sort of showing, but um, we don't necessarily have the research to say this is the 
this is the point where the benefits happen and anything below that is is not useful. I, I, I think um, we, we just don't really have that data to say this is the exact dose that we need. Yeah. And so until then, I, I would just go with what your what, what, what you enjoy, I, I suppose. Yes. Yes, exactly. What you enjoy is always an easier thing to stick at too. So we are now yes. moving on to our fact or fiction round, Wolf. Are you ready for okay. this? Okay, I am ready. If you could answer fact or fiction to the following questions. Okay. Blueberries are the best food source of antioxidants. Uh, I would say <laughs> that is fiction. <laughs> so I, I guess to expand, we... Um, there are all sorts of foods uh, that contain antioxidants. Um, we want to eat, I guess the, the, the best advice is to eat a wide variety of uh, plant foods uh, to consume the, ba the best sort of composition and array of different antioxidants. That's what's going to get your the best bang for buck. It's not just one single food is, is what we need to focus on. Brilliant. You must get eight hours of sleep a night to function at your best. Uh, look, I, I think that's, can I say like fact-ish? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> I, I, think, I think, you know, eight hours is, is probably a, a decent benchmark or, or, or a heuristic to aim for. But certainly there are people that require more and there are certainly people that seemingly seemingly can function with, with um, you know, less than that. But I think eight hours is probably a good goalpost. Well, yeah. what, what, what would your thoughts be? <laughs> Well, um, I mean, I'm I'm from the parenthood angle of life now, where um, <laughs> it's a dream. It's it's a distant dream for so many. <laughs> sure. But you know that when you get it, you function way better. So I would say the most, the more sleep you can get that works for you, the better. I would completely agree with yeah what yep. you've what you've said. But everyone's different. Um, yep. Eating chocolate on a daily basis will support your brain health. <laughs> uh look i i'm 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 gonna again sort of fact ish right yeah um, yeah we, we we have uh we have um uh emerging research that shows that the sort of high polyphenol uh chocolate so you know the the um you know, your really dark chocolate seems to have an effect on uh, cognition and cognitive performance, potentially on measures of mood. Um, obviously, this needs to be within the context of, uh, I guess, dose. So, you know, we, we're not talking about a bar of chocolate, um, you know, and large quantities every day. Um, and it also needs to be within the context of, of an overall uh, healthy uh, dietary pattern. But I think a, a small uh, bit of dark chocolate every day, I think, is one, very enjoyable and delicious. But two, I think there is, you know, some evidence to support that it might be uh, something good for our, our brain health, too. Such a pro answered with every caveat. Well done. Um, a <laughs> <laughs> That's so great when you interview another um health pro um a diet rich in variety will support brain function ah that is that is fact times right. 10 i think Yay. yeah absolutely i one. think it's it's all about the diversity exactly fish oil will always boost brain function uh i, I guess false um or, or fiction 
Um, there is definitely some evidence um, related to omega-3 fatty acids in terms of its effect on uh, brain development, um, certainly in terms of its effect on our mental health. Uh, but for the person uh, you know, who's otherwise healthy, uh, who's not experiencing you know neurodegenerative disorders or cognitive decline or anything like that um i i don't think the evidence really supports it being a a brain booster on on top of that no exactly uh protein intake will support your mood uh yeah i'd say fact i i think um protein is is you know uh provides some of the essential building blocks for well i guess everything that our our body requires um and you know that includes uh supporting our antioxidant defense systems but also in terms of the, the production of our neurotransmitters things like serotonin so ensuring that we have adequate protein intake is um you know important again that doesn't mean that we need to start loading up on protein supplements and everything to um you know it's not more is more uh but certainly an adequate intake is is um important for that absolutely aerobic exercise is better for your mental well-being than anaerobic Ooh, so that's a good question um i would say false or, or fiction um there is a large amount of evidence to uh, support the role of um, aerobic exercise um, in our mental health. And certainly much of the evidence to date has been focusing on aerobic exercise, but the, um, uh, the data around resistance training, strength-based exercise uh, is also um, very supportive. It's just... Um, not as well developed. And I think, you know, going back to that sort of psychosocial context, mm. if you really hate jogging, but you really enjoy, you know, lifting weights or something like that, then I think, you know, we, we, we want to support any form of exercise uh, and, and, you know, whatever your preference is. Brilliant. Hydration is one of the biggest contributors to how productive we are. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd say that's, that's true. Um, I think, you know, uh, we need, I think in, in general, we, we all don't uh, drink enough water. Um, and I think uh, in, hydration is an important factor uh, in terms of, you know, our blood pressure uh, and, and our, um, I guess, levels of, of um, energy and, and um, fatigue throughout the day. Absolutely. That was a brilliant fact or fiction round. Thank you. Oh, I enjoyed so that. Much. I've never done that before. <laughs> <laughs> well, you did it expertly well. Um, and sadly, it nearly wraps up the episode, but we do always finish with a take home message of food for thought. And I think mine today would definitely be off the back of speaking with you, Wolf, the fact that, you know, we are unique, but we've got such exciting data at our fingertips now that you know, it does have an impact how we choose to live our lives and the access to food we have and all these different factors. Small changes can make big results, mm -hmm. essentially. And, you know, no matter what you're faced with right now, maybe you can set yourself a tiny challenge to have another glass of water or to try and get some of those dark colored fruits into your diet. Um, you know, in fact, exploring the relationships is something we do a lot in the clinic between how food really makes us feel and getting obviously beyond the relationship with food that you have but trying to mm. think about food 
in a much more broader way like we discussed the folate earlier and you know a lot of you will only have heard of this in terms of pregnancy but there's so much more to food than just one specific thing you can't buy a miracle supplement and expect it to have an amazing impact it's your overall diet it all works in a little wheel or cog so maybe a little activity um you know in my book on page got it written down somewhere hang on page 56 that's the one work on the food and mood diary just have a think about what you're doing and that can often help just to see things written down but wolf if you could leave our listeners with a food for thought today what would that be yeah so i i think i might um piggyback on off of your sentiments <laughs> i think we've talked a lot about um the biological uh connection between food and our brain health we've talked about you know, inflammation and antioxidants and and various nutrients and, and everything. But I think just um, to also zoom out from from that and remember that food can also be a source of, you know, enjoyment. It's a, it's a setting for socialization, um, all these sorts of other psychosocial benefits that you, you know, you don't get by taking a supplement or by focusing on a, a key nutrient. It's It's something to be enjoyed and to be experienced. Absolutely. Well, well, thank you so much. I've thoroughly enjoyed being able to chat with you today. Where can everybody go to learn a bit more about you and what you're up to? Yeah, absolutely. So you can find me on Twitter at Marks underscore Wolf, or you can follow along with the research that we do at the foodandmoodcenter.com.au. Perfect. Wolf, thank you for coming on Food for Thought. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. If you've all enjoyed Food for Thought, you're going to love what's coming up. We've got so many amazing episodes. So if you're not already, make sure you subscribe because that way it will just pop up and tell you it's ready for you to listen to every single Monday. And it would be brilliant if you have time to leave a review. I know now and understand that these reviews of how you feel the podcast goes or if you learn anything from it can help other people reach it and hopefully they'll be able to take a lot away from it too. So for more information about my best-selling book, The Science of Nutrition, please do let me know if you've got your copy. The Retrition Clinic, if you want to book in and get some advice, healthy recipes, and so much more, please go and visit retrition.com. And you can follow me at Retrition on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started 